Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 67. Today we spoke to Shane O'Donoghue, Irish field hockey player who plays as a midfielder for the Irish national team and Ireland's all-time record goal scorer. We discussed the challenges of training for team sports like hockey versus an individual sport and get his insights. Shane tells us about his time in Belgium playing professionally and how much it impacted him personally and professionally. His cooking too. Shane shed lights on other developments in his life. He's in the midst of launching two performance coaching companies, Mentally Fit Coaching and Training and Train the Brain Sports Psychology. Watch this space. A big thanks once again to Motion Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. Hi, welcome to Sleepy Perform Repeat. We're joined on the line by Shane O'Donoghue. I'll pass you over to David, who will introduce you to Shane. So first, I'd like to say thanks very much, Shane, for taking the time. Shane O'Donoghue is an Olympic hockey player playing and representing Ireland. So myself and Kieran are really looking forward to hearing all about high performance and what's going on in Shane's life these days. So Shane, thanks very much for taking the time. How's yeah, life you. at your end? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, life's been been different the last number of weeks, to say the least. Um, and it looks the same for everybody, but yeah, it's just been a... Or really kind of shocked to the ecosystem, you know, obviously not been able to uh, be part of a team sport, not be able to train together or have uh, training camps or any international matches. Um, yeah, it's just, just different. It's just different, you know. So it's uh, it's been a challenge to, uh, of course, stay motivated and stay kind of energetic and, and get out and do training every day. But um, look, you know, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction and, and hopefully we'll be... Uh, be able to be back on a pitch together together again soon, and uh, be able to uh, carry on with our international program. Some something I find quite interesting because we both spoken to a couple of um, individual sport athletes recently, and it, COVID hasn't affected or impacted them potentially as much as if you're a team player. Because if you're a team player, it's hard for you to be training with your team. So just just talk to us a little bit about how you've kind of faced up to that challenge. Yeah, it's 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 been tricky. You know, I think like everybody will be able to relate to. You have you, know, you have your good days and your bad days. Days where you're you're motivated and you're you're kind of keen to get out there. And obviously the weather obviously helps a lot, ladies. So we're lucky with that. But um, yeah, like obviously, you know, in terms of where we were at with the Irish men's team, you know, we were kind of in a bit of a limbo phase. Obviously, you know, we we, we fell agonizingly short of qualifying for our second Olympic Games, Tokyo, in uh, in November. So. You know, our program was, you know, fairly quiet over obviously kind of December and January. And then obviously, you know, I, I myself were, I'm based over in Belgium and um, where was anyway, <laughs> eight weeks ago. So I, uh, I played professionally over there. So yeah, everything kind of came to a halt. But again, you know, we've got great S&C um, professionals in, in, in both club and international setups, you know, and we were given, you know, a program that was, you know, going to try and, keep us going for as long as we possibly can um you know and kind of just keep the body ticking over and just to 
you know, always with the kind of the ambitious, you know, optimism inside of us to be kind of back on a pitch, hopefully sometime this summer. And I think we will be. So I think the, the program itself is serving a good purpose. Uh, but look, it's it's not the same. You know, you want to be around your mates. You want to be around the guys who you spend hours upon hours with, um, you know, perfecting, perfecting your trade, as they say, and, and kind of building towards something. So, yeah, that's that's been difficult. Not having no kind of end goal inside, definite end goal inside, I suppose, has been the biggest for a team sport anyway, because you just miss that kind of camaraderie aspect and, you know, that, that just bit of crack you have in your training and playing. Absolutely. Shane, give us a, give us a quick insight into what it's like training on your own at the moment, what kind of runs you're doing without giving away any too, too many secrets. What kind of training would you be doing yourself? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we would obviously be doing the typical kind of, you know, 5k runs or, you know, kind of you know, anywhere between kind of three and three and 6k runs. Um, you know, some of us are kind of lucky enough to have maybe some gym equipment at home, you know, so some guys obviously can't, you know, so a kind of real mix between obviously kind of runs, aerobic work, you know, the gym, you know, maybe some short circuits. Um, but I actually recently purchased a bike there and that was that was a saving grace because it, it was at a time where you know, the 5K runs were getting fairly repetitive every morning. So um, that, that's been a nice, nice stimulus, nice change to the, to the to the system, you know, so I've actually actually thoroughly enjoyed doing a couple of close cycles near where I live, and so I'm doing a couple of laps of that. And you know, you you know, you knock on a podcast, and before you know it, you've you've kind of bashed in an error on the bike, and you know, it's just something a little bit different. Um, you know, and then any kind of any other individual, you know, like yoga things, trying to yeah, just trying to mix it up. I think that's the the thing I've tried to do over the last kind of t- you know two or three weeks, anyway, is just trying to mix it up, and you know, because it can just become very repetitive, you know, and it, and it does challenge your your motivation to do the same one every day. So we're, we're lucky enough that we've got a decent program that has a bit of diversity to it. But um, yeah, runs, gyms, you know, a bit of cycling. That's, I suppose, the extent of it, really. Definitely become more popular at 5Ks anyway. It's getting more crowded out there. Myself and David like to see it as physios. Um, it's great to see people exercising more, but definitely it's been a challenge for people not being able to go to gyms or have access to facilities What's been your biggest challenge? Has it been not having the equipment or is it the motivation? Is it more of a mental aspect? Yeah, I, I probably, you know, I, I'm lucky enough. I have, you know, my my father built a gym a while ago and he's obviously a physiotherapist and a, and a, and a personal trainer. Um, you know, so I was kind of lucky enough that we have a studio, you know, in, in literally only about 20 feet from the from the front door. So I'm lucky enough on that front. So there's no excuses there. But I think, yeah, I think the motivation thing is yeah, has definitely been a challenge. Um yeah, but I, I suppose it hasn't been as bad maybe as some other teammates who've kind of been who've kind of been onto me trying to look for a little bit of yeah, just you know a little bit of an energy boost or you know just to kind of keep going. You know, so it hasn't been too bad. But you know, I think like a lot of people, you just kind of have those days where you're kind of like oh, you know, you just just want to get back in the pitch. You want to just kind of run around and play the sport that that you love and and you know this. I, you know, I think a lot of people will agree that you know to doing the uh, exercising, but exercising, you know, in in a sport that you that you love and you, you're passionate about, you know, is way more enjoyable, and and you don't really kind of even think twice about about doing it, you know. Whereas if it's a five k run, you're you know you're getting up, you're having a bit of something to eat, you're warming up, you know, and then you kind of get into it, and it's you know sometimes it might feel like a bit of an ordeal, but uh, nah, it hasn't been too bad. But there has been days where you're like, yeah, you know, I think I might. I might take a break today or do something, maybe do a kind of a specialized session and, you know, kind of strength work or whatever, kind of just to, yeah, I suppose adapt to your 
motivation levels for that day. But thanks for that, Shane. Now, just let's let's go back and and touch on a time that might have been a little bit more enjoyable. I'm not sure if that's the word, but talk to us a little bit about your experience you had in, in Belgium. Besides, perhaps having some leffe and duvel and some nice <laughs> frit and things of that nature. I've been to Belgium; it's a nice place. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience and kind of what did you get from it and what did you enjoy about it? Yeah, like I think it was it was something that I always wanted to do. Um, you know, as as a young guy growing up, seeing various guys in the Irish setup going to play in Belgium, Holland, Germany, Spain. Um, so it was always kind of something that was very enticing and and something that I wanted to do. And obviously playing, you know, representing my Irish club here, Glenan, um, in the kind of European competitions at a young age. You know, you kind of get a bit of a taste for the Champions League of hockey. You know, and it's and that's it's it's it's, it's exciting. So yeah, I went over to Belgium. Uh, when I finished my degree in UCD in 2014 for, for two years leading into the, the Rio Olympics. And yeah, like no question about it, two extremely enjoyable years. Really felt myself grow as a player and as a person, but particularly on the pitch, you know, it was my, yeah, particularly my first season there was, was definitely my best, you know, just playing with super confidence. You know, you live the lifestyle over there. You're, you're, you're a professional athlete, you know, you, you train, you've all the time in the world to train, you're getting paid to do it. Um, you know, so there's, there's no real, no real excuses not to improve and not to better your game. And, you know, I think it was just that ability to, you know, that, that kind of I suppose, capacity really to kind of focus on your sport, get better at it, get it to a level where it's probably never been before. And then ultimately that it impacts in a positive way on your, on your international game and in terms of your contribution to the team. So, Definitely those uh, those two years in De Rio, I was hitting my peak and, and playing some, yeah, you know, not to be being blowing smoke up my own backside, but it was it was you know two years where you just felt confident, you just felt sharp, and you know then obviously Rio came along, enjoyed that experience, incredible, and then kind of came home for for a year and a half, did a bit of work, you know, studied a master's in performance psychology, and then went back away again and uh, been there for the last. Two seasons, well, season and a half technically. So uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great lifestyle, and uh, hockey in Belgium is massive at the moment. It's, it's growing tenfold in the last number of years. Um, you know, and to no surprise, they're world champion and European champion. So it's a real kind of it's, yeah, it's a, it's a real kind of uh, yeah, I suppose attraction for you know for international players or any player of that matter who wants to really test themselves at the at the best club level, you know, there or Holland is where you can really test yourself. So I think it was just that, you know, being able to play and train with some world-class international players, you know, just upped your game. You either kind of, you know, kind of rose to the occasion and you kind of lifted your standard or you kind of fell behind and you weren't getting much game time. So it was one or the other. And I think I went for the uh, the first. <laughs> it's It obviously impacted your professional career massively there's no doubt having seen your performances over the last couple of years a couple of minutes ago you said that um it, it impacted you personally as well not just professionally just give Kiran and I a little bit of a sense as to what did you draw from it that maybe changed you as a person or or, or gave you more skills or capabilities as a person that maybe you've come back to Ireland with yeah, like I, I think the obvious one is the obviously kind of independent living. You know, you especially the the Irish mammies, you know, can can do a lot for you here and and kind of kind of moddy coddle you and wrap you in cotton wool and you know before you know it, you're into the big bad world and you can't even cook scrambled eggs. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think just <laughs> been able to just been able to live on my own and 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 you know simple kind of 
household things i kind of wash my own clothes you know getting more creative with my uh my my cooking skills and and just been, you know just kind of feeling self-reliant so you kind of rely on yourself to do whatever and and again a bit like the hockey kind of uh, situation where you either you know kind of rise to the standard or same as living your, your personal lives away from home obviously it's you know it, it is a daunting move you know away from your kind of uh, your family environment and somewhere where you're you, you're going to feel extremely safe and comfortable and you're going to a foreign country where you don't really know that well and um so i think from a personal point of view it definitely allowed me to grow a lot it definitely allowed me to mature even more and, and kind of learn more about myself and you know the the aspects of my personal life that you know i can improve you know and then kind of skills that i never really kind of knew i, I would need or kind of felt were going to be important to me you know became important and, and it was uh yeah I, I think it was it was something that really stood to me when i look back kind of today i, I think it, it, it really did stand to me and and kind of gave me the ability to yeah to just be really independent and to you know kind of enjoy a bit of me time because obviously when you're when you're back here you're trying to balance a it's like a balancing act of you know maybe six seven balls in the air at once you know whereas you're over there you kind of have a bit more time to you know just you know spend on your own you know could be throwing a podcast on and spending an hour on the couch just just relaxing chilling out whereas here there's there's somebody looking to do something with you or you know somebody wants to go out for a walk or, or whatever so it's uh yeah, no, I I definitely learned a lot about myself, and independent living was definitely the uh, the biggest thing I took from that, and it's definitely stood to me now from a hockey perspective and a uh, and a working perspective. Well, you'll have to have a scramble egg competition with Kiran because Kiran makes an unreal <laughs> plate of scramble eggs. Okay, it's the okay. best. Okay. Challenge accepted. Huh? Challenge accepted. Better than the Ivy in town. It's better than anywhere. Else <laughs> oh, big claims. Big claims. <laughs> <laughs> so Shane going back it's something that fascinates most people is the Olympics and to be able to call yourself an Olympian is a massive accolade tell us a bit about what mostly surprised you about the Olympics and Rio in general yeah like uh, I suppose you know for, to kind of give a bit of background to the journey we obviously came agonizingly close for London 2012 um, I was kind of on the peripheral of the squad I was kind of you know first or second reserve um, at the time you know it was, it was a they actually the qualifying event was held in March 2012, so not long out from the Olympics, and it was actually held in UCD. Um, you know, and that was a real that like that, that was a real big event for hockey. You know, um, probably the biggest event until obviously the ladies' game in, in Donnybrook there in November. Um, and we came within eight seconds of qualifying. You know, the game was tied against Korea, um, live on TV, RT, BBC, you name it, um. You know, and, and that and that was tough. That was tough. You know, and a lot of guys had, you know, we really kind of made a big shift. Maybe kind of two years prior to that, a new coach came on board, Paul Revington, and and was building towards that, and and really, really kind of just put hockey, you know, into a, into a different, a completely different environment. You know, far more competitive and, and more ambitious, and so that was tough to take. And obviously, a lot of guys retired off the back of that. And yeah, I, I suppose it just kind of gave us a bit of a taste of. Of how close you can actually be to qualifying and playing in the pinnacle of, of, of our sport and of a lot of sports being the Olympic Games. Um, so then, you know, four years later, we got to Rio and it was a tough journey to there. But 2015 was a really, really important year for us and probably one of our best years. You know, obviously we won the, or we were a bronze medalist at the European Championships in, uh, in London, uh, beating England 4-2. You know, that was a, a big turning point, you know. And then just our performance as a whole in 2015 were 
we're, we're, we're very good. You know, we were winning the most games. We were confident. We were not just hanging in against the better teams. We were actually competing against them. You know, so that was something that we hadn't really experienced a lot in the past. And um, so then we qualified for Rio. And then, yeah, just a really cool experience. A tough journey. You know, I need to point out it was a tough journey getting there. Obviously, everybody was getting into the you know the best physical condition they possibly could. Um, obviously, the competition aspect was higher than ever and at times a little bit unhealthy but you know it was our first experience of actually qualifying and preparing for an event but uh the event itself was, was just really cool you know just the the olympic village seeing all the um all the celebrity athletes like bolt and phelps and you know nadal and all the golfers you know it was just it was just cool it's kind of a pinch me moment kind of you know i'm actually here you're walking around you're taking it all in you know you're going to a couple of events you know closing ceremony um, you know, I think what was really special, I think a lot of guys will will kind of reiterate this from a hockey perspective, you know, the fact that we were the first team ever to qualify, um, hockey team anyway, you know, I think given the opportunity to almost give back to our kind of support network, so our kind of our girlfriends, partners, wives, families, cousins, you know, that was really cool. We had a big, you know, we had a, we had a big crew go over uh and was expensive for all of them, you know, and I think that was really nice to be able to kind of, it almost felt like a payback to them, you know, and it made the experience that bit more special. That's really nice. That's that's really refreshing and lovely to hear, you know, that sense of, of giving back to the people closest to you that kind of helped and supported you in getting there. That's a nice thing to hear, Shane. Here's a here's a man that's just, listeners, picture Shane O'Donoghue, absolute competitor, winner, has been there, been in Olympic Games, been at the highest level, what what is Shane doing now when he doesn't have the competition? So how are you feeding into that animal that likes to win and compete? Besides doing your 5Ks and out on the bike, what are you managing to do to kind of keep that animal um, relatively in the cage, as it were, because you can't compete on the pitch right now? Yeah, it's tough. You know, like it really is. It's a tough one because it's, you know, even when you're, preparing for a highly pressurized game it's it's so hard to kind of mimic those conditions and put yourself in that kind of headspace you know but I think you know as I kind of pointed out obviously we we uh fell agonizing short of qualifying for our second Olympic Games I think that's kind of been a real feel for my fire anyway over, over the last while I know a number of guys have kind of echoed the same thing you know that really is has kind of really pushed me on to kind of say well look you know I'm I'm progressing towards the latter end of my career not the other, not the other way and I think it's important to uh, you know as I said I've been in the national team now 10 years you know and I'm, I'm 27 years of age it goes by like a, uh, like literally in the blink of an eye and it's, it's it's just so important to you know and you're told it by players before you and guys who you look up to in the national team and you know but you, you, at times it goes kind of goes in one ear at the other you know and you kind of really don't kind of take it you know just take advantage of every opportunity you have so I think you know I think definitely the uh the the setback of not qualifying for Tokyo has definitely kind of spurred me on to kind of just just do things a little bit differently and kind of just keep keep pushing myself on an individual level you know and then hopefully that will kind of inspire guys around me and and we try and push push in the direction of of, of success and push in the direction of being really competitive again and, and, and just being a force to be reckoned with, you know, and I think that's, especially for, for top teams, I think that's something that you look, you know, you kind of strive towards, you know, that you're not, you are respected, but you're also, you know, kind of feared in some ways. And I think, you know, albeit that 
I'm sure the top teams when we were in our peak were still, you know, confident that they beat us, but they knew it was going to be, you know, a dogfight, you know, and even more than uh, than any other Irish team, you know. So I think definitely trying to use that, yeah, quite upsetting and disappointing experience of not qualifying for Tokyo to, you know, kind of kick kick me on and, and um, yeah, I kind of just, I suppose, almost regalvanize myself to really just push on as hard as I can and to, and to make sure that leave no stone unturned for the for the next cycle going towards Paris. So one last hockey question for me is just in relation to changing the approach from for Irish hockey. So what change what do we have to do in order to change from being competing against the top teams and putting them in a dogfight to actually, you know, going out with the with the ambition to be beating most of them. What needs to change in terms of the preparation? I know it's been highlighted in the media about the lack of funding and stuff. What does Shane O'Donoghue think needs to change in order to take that next step? Yeah, like I, I think the lack of funding thing is always always talked about at length and we always try and we always try and kind of eliminate it from our mind as much as we possibly can, you know, and not use it as an excuse. You know, I think that was something that that really stood to us in the past. Um, you know, I I think I think the more the more we train together, you know, and I think that was it's it's always been talked about. The more we can train together, the more we can build connections, the more we can build, you know, different kind of, you know, kind of strategies and plans and, and tactical approaches um you know I, I think that would be a big thing but I, I think as well you know and a lot of top sports people will you know will have experienced obviously high moments and low moments and up until kind of last November I've been fairly fairly lucky you know that in terms of uh you know I've experienced some very high moments and trophies and individual accolades and um you know so some real fantastic memories in, in green and in and in club colors um you know, but I think going through something like that will really kind of shape you as you go forward. I think that's something that, albeit you didn't want to experience it, and trust me, I certainly, I certainly wanted to go to my second Olympic Games and and do do it a little bit differently than than Rio. Um, but I think, and on some, you know, annoying and frustrating level, I think you kind of go through those low moments to really kind of really identify you know, who you are, you know, and, and really kind of, yeah, just kind of bring you back to what needs to be done, you know, and it's a real kind of soul searching kind of exercise. And trust me, it was, it was a tough couple of months from kind of November onwards, but I, I do think you have to kind of go through it on some level. And, um, and I think it'll stand to me going forward. I think it'll stand to, to our team going forward that look, we are going to be more hungry than ever to qualify for uh, the next world cup and the next games. Very good. Well, you know, 10, 10 years in, in the green, you know, you're 27 years of age, Paris next. That's that's a remarkable career, very successful representing the country. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested in the fact that, you, you know, studying performance psychology, kind of post-hockey, where do you see yourself potentially going? Do you see yourself staying in hockey or going into psychology or, or doing something completely different? Yeah, so I, I suppose, you know, as, as hockey players, particularly in Ireland, um Look, you know, you you have to you have to have a dual career in place. It's just that simple, unless you want to go over and play in the professional leagues for, for your for the, the the length of your playing career. You know, and I think and and there is like don't get me wrong, I I've done four years of playing the professional league, and the money is 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 decent. You know, but it won't it won't, it won't give you a living long term, and it's important. I think the Irish guys have have done quite well uh, across the board in terms of you know studying. You know, upskilling themselves, getting some work experience during the summers when we have a bit of downtime uh, between tournaments or, or programs or whatever, and 
Um, you know, it's a real strong trait. So at the moment, I'm in the midst of kind of launching two performance coaching companies. So obviously, one is more on the on the business corporate side of things, and that I came in contact with this company, Mentally Fit, over in in Belgium in my second uh, second stint abroad in in the same club. You know, so that's one of the perks and one of the joys of you know playing abroad is you know you into a a network of some incredible people, some people who are worth an awful lot of money and who have an even bigger portfolio of connections. Um, so Mentally Fit is something I'm looking to bring to Ireland. Um, you're probably one of the first to, to hear that, which is which is no problem. But the... Yeah. Uh, yes, will hear it now, Shane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Performance psychology as a whole is very interesting to me and you got to grasp my interests when I was in my bachelor in UCD. Um and you know, I, I when I went over to the company Mentally Fit, did a bit of an internship, and I kind of followed some top expert, you know, business coaches, and I said, "This is something that I want to do, something I want to bring to Ireland." And um, you know, I'm well aware it's in some ways a saturated market, you know, but I think what Mentally Fit too is is very interesting. The approach, the kind of interactive coaching style, is 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 quite appealing, and and I think has a big impact. So I've been busy enough, you know. Obviously, we're looking to. Myself and my partner were looking to uh, to launch it um, officially earlier in the year or a few weeks ago, and everything with, with the coronavirus it kind of just shifted that a little bit and kind of you know moved the timeline along. But we've still been quite busy doing a lot of online um, team and individual coaching, you know. And then the other business I have, um, it's uh, in the process of being of being trademarked, and uh, it's called Train the Brain. So Train the Brain with Shane. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's more on the kind of sports psychology side of things. So more on kind of you know kind of uh, sports, music, kind of you know anybody who's passionate about a hobby, you know, is kind of really what that that kind of um, business is about. And uh, that I suppose is is probably more, I suppose more of a hobby for me really. The second one in terms of uh, yeah, kind of dealing with athletes. You know, you get to kind of meet some interesting individual athletes. You get an insight into their world and their challenges, and and um, so that's the road I'm going and, and, and hopefully it, uh, you know, no doubt it'll be challenging and it's been challenging already doing some long, long days behind the laptop and phone calls and emails and you guys will know. And, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully long-term it, 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 it kind of transcends into something. Yeah. Something that you kind of pictured about. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting journey and I think it's, uh, it's risky obviously, but I think that's probably the, the, the athlete inside of me. Well, you, you know, you can already relate right because you're you're a high performing individual already and you'll you probably will bring a lot of purpose and passion to it because it sounds like it's something that you can even tell from the tone there you're not wanting to talk too much about them yet because they're you know they're still somewhat in their infancy but it sounds like they're two really interesting projects that you can put a lot of your energy into when when the time when the time is right you know so yeah, absolutely we'll wish you the best of both of those keep us in mind and um You've kind of plugged it a bit there now with more than just the two of us. So we'll <laughs> we'll pump out those two names, tra- train the brain with Shane and mentally fit when the time is ready. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I suppose that's kind of been keeping me keeping me busy as well, you know, and it's kind of giving me the uh, the structure to my days, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, I I definitely prefer going for an early run or, or an early gym session or or a cycle. You know, I, I definitely find kind of doing it earlier in the day you kind of start your day off right and you get that kind of feel good factor after it and it just you know and then after that then the the day kind of falls into place you know i think that's that's important for 
for people during this time. I'm sure when you look, when you have your your walk within your 2K and soon to be 5K, you know, it's uh, you see so many people out and, and that's fantastic. And, you know, early in the morning, people going for runs and, you know, it's great to see that. And I suppose that's those two projects have just, yeah, allowed me to kind of keep myself going, get that bit of structure in place. And, you know, I think that's what athletes miss a good bit is that kind of kind of rigid kind of training environment and that structure element is something that's obviously been absent the last while and especially as team team sports um you know having video sessions pitch sessions you know tackle meetings whatever it's you know it's just it's all uh it's in that kind of high performance environment and yeah so fingers crossed we get back there soon brilliant so a question we ask in this podcast we've asked super bowl winners you know olympians before you know international golfers and delighted now to ask our first international hockey player, what does high performance mean to Shane O'Donoghue? Yeah, I think high performance is really starts off with the belief inside of you that you can you can unlock your potential and and really just push the barriers. You know, I really think um, pushing those individual individual barriers or individual standards is what high performance is all about. Just really being confident at the level you're at. You know, but. Uh, just just really kind of you know believe in yourself that you can push it to a really high level and you know and it's, it's very easy in a team sport to constantly compare yourself to to somebody else you know but I think it's you know look you know look in your own house first you know and, and really find out what your strengths are really get down to a high level and you know I think the rest will take care of itself that for me is is all about high performance it's just pushing those individual barriers and standards to the to the highest level and it'd be painful <laughs> at times but uh, I think you know no pain no gain I just want to ask you one more question Shane we usually do finish with high performance but I'm curious we've we've learned a lot about what makes you tick if we roll forward 20 years from now or 40 years from now you've you've managed to do a lot of things and you've been successful as an athlete but also in terms of helping people understand themselves better in terms of what, what's going on in their head how would you like your legacy to be for all those people that you've touched? Yeah, I think my legacy, um, make a difference. You know, I think just making a difference in people's lives is something that I, you know, I love to do, you know, especially when you see, you know, either athletes or or, 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 or business teams facing a, a performance challenge that is just holding them back from achieving their potential. You know, it's, it's, it's just making that difference, you know, kind of just that light bulb moment in somebody's head, being able to, ignite a bit of positive change from within them to, to overcome whatever challenge it is, 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 is something that really, really spurs me on and something that I'd like to be remembered for just to, yeah, have a positive influence on people, but just to really make a, make a difference, you know, make it, make, make an impact, you know, I'm all about making an impact and uh, hopefully I'll leave an impact on, on many people's lives and more good than bad, hopefully. Shane O'Donoghue, Olympian, Irish international hockey player, played professionally in Belgium, performance psychologist give him a follow guys listen to him this guy's really going places we've learned a lot from today myself and Kieran are really grateful for your time Shane thank you very much for taking time out of your day and we both wish you all the best moving forward stay fit stay healthy and we're looking forward to seeing you playing hockey again soon thanks guys thanks for having me on really enjoyed it take care all thank the best, you Shane. bye take care thank you for listening to today's episode of sleep eat perform repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H A U O R A life.com. 
Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan. <laughs>